0: All right, part two of the Chase Amos podcast coming up in just one second. Atlanta Sports Guys with Max Markovich and Garrett Chapman on this uh, edition of the Chase Amos podcast, the Saturday, May 28, 2022 edition. Um, we talk about a lot of Atlanta sports stuff. Of course, Michael Harris gets called up uh, right after we record. Um, so that's cool, but excited to see uh, how the AA star uh, – translates to the big league because he just skipped uh triple a entirely so very excited to see what happens there um fingers crossed on that front because uh, the outfield depth man we need him um in braves country so we'll see what happens on that front but uh we talk a lot of falcons on this one hawks offseason and then a little dance me and braves and uh all that and more coming up with Max Markovich, and Garrett Chapman, and the Atlanta sports guys. So um, don't forget, folks, you can uh, watch this program on YouTube, youtube.com, type in the Chase Williams podcast, like, subscribe, uh, help uh, videos get seen by more people as we uh, do more and more video content over at Chase Williams podcast on YouTube. Uh, read me over at Substack.com, Type in your email and never miss any of my uh, written pieces on that front, Substack.com. Uh, please take care of that today. Tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com uh, slash chase Thomas writer. Email the program at chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, My <laughs> nephew needs me to of course. Yeah, I hate I already
1: hate it. I hate it.
0: All right, we're back. Land of Sports, guys, with at least one atlanta sports guy this week max markovich is here garrett chapman of 99 the game might be here we don't really know week to week i kind of like this you never know who's going to pop in pop out uh between the three atlanta sports guys but max is here max good afternoon sir how are you
1: good afternoon doing doing fantastic
0: hilarious garrett pops in right as i do this intro incredible (laughs) there he is garrett chapman man
2: just brutal i can't believe that's terrible
0: we didn't know you were coming. You didn't respond in the last 30. <laughs> so, and you said it you might not be able to. So I was like, I don't know. He's got I the link. I just
2: got home. It's, it's almost like a miracle that I actually made it. But here look I, at that. Yeah. He's got the
0: white and oh, I didn't get the white shirt memo. Both of you guys Guess are rocking the white tees today.
2: A little graphic guy. graphic A little graphic the tourist part.
0: What graphic is it?
2: I honestly don't know. It's like some mountains and like a moon or some shit. I, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. i I thought it looked cool so i I was like all right cool that's why i got it
0: it's the most man explanation for what they're wearing i've ever heard in my life Uh, Cool. i don't even know what i'm wearing a b uh it looked cool c i don't know um there you go but garrett made it uh how are you doing sir i'm
2: fantastic man it's a beautiful day i got to do the midday show down at the station so it's a lot of fun a lot of fun a lot of good things are happening
0: do y'all have a midday show? Because I feel like it's a yeah. midday slash evening show because it goes for nine hours. But what? Dukes and Bell. I feel like that's like a two to seven <laughs> o'clock show. No, we go that. That's two till
2: seven. Yeah, that's a five hour show. Then our midday show is, uh I guess it's t- uh, ten till two.
0: That's not so mid. It, I guess it, it does it's qualify. Literally as mid of
2: the middle of the day.
0: I guess so. Maybe it's yeah. just because of how my day is oriented. I look at the midday show. Yeah, you're right. But um, I guess that would be the midday show. Um, well, I'm not on that timeline uh because I'm up till like two thirty and doing stuff so I guess my middle of the day is the afternoon around this time and then okay I, yeah, I'm just I'm, sense, yeah. I'm discombobulated but uh yeah, I could not do a five hour radio show whenever I see that that's mm. amazing five I hours don't, I don't know how they do that it like how much tea are mind. they drinking like they have to be putting something to suit their throats there's no way
2: uh well they talk a lot they talk a lot as it is or do and bell like they they do a good bit of talking so
0: but like five hours y'all that's like a I lot get of radio three hours i usually hit here monday through friday and let me tell you the amount of tea that y'all don't see me drinking in between stuff and everything else it it wears me out and uh I, i'm not saying like i'm a i'm a warrior over here but folks podcasting it can take its toll because the headphones and the throat like you wouldn't realize it but doing this for a long period of time consistently you're like, oh man, my hearing's getting worse. Uh, tinnitus is just a part of my life from here on out. Like that's just something I that's my life now. I'm probably gonna be no, deaf.
1: You're no hero. You're just a podcaster.
0: Just a podcaster. <laughs> just doing my duty for the content. He leaves. Uh, he
1: leaves his cape in the in
2: the closet behind him.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, there. Okay, I was gonna say it looks like there was a cape. No, that's just uh, the fiance's. You got uh, it behind. Wrote. Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. There you go. Um, are y'all robe guys? Do y'all have robes? I have a robe. I've never do you wear it? it? No.
2: no. <laughs> I wore to be Hugh Hefner for a Christmas party. <laughs> or no, it was a Halloween party, rather.
0: Okay. Max, do you have a robe? Oh, no, I, definitely a
1: Christmas I don't party. own a robe. I've never been a robe guy. I've never like thought it was a very practical piece of clothing. Like, I've never <laughs> really understood. Never well, understood it's like, the appeal. I, I, I'm
2: going from my bathroom right there to mm-hmm. my closet right there. So it's like what do I need a damn robe for? <laughs> I'm not out. disagreeing
0: with you. It's just, it's interesting because uh fiance asked me if I wanted a robe for Christmas last year. And I was like, why would I ever want a robe? Like, there's just something about a robe. That's just weird. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a robe guy. That's a weird, weird thing to happen. I would be concerned. Uh, ladies, if you come into a guy's home and his, and, the, and he's in his twenties, he's got a robe situation working. Red flags. There, there's, there's, there's some red there's flags. i something
1: to unpack the robe guys in their twenties. That's all.
0: Yes, 100%. That's what we're saying. I can see myself uh,
2: having a robe when I'm like 65 and retired or something.
0: 65 and retired? What America are you living in?
2: That's <laughs> right
0: about retirement through. age. That's retirement age. Do you
1: think we're retiring at 65? Oh, I'm not saying well, I'm retiring at like 65. The, I'm the, right the, the retirement age in America is like 60. 65, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. but I'm saying do you think
0: that's going to be what it's going to be 30 years no, from now? No, it's
1: definitely getting, it's getting kicked. <laughs>
2: we're getting <Yeah>. deep here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't plan to retire. My goal is in, to die. I work
2: in radio. I work in radio. I'm never going to retire.
0: Well, see, like, I don't want to retire. The goal is to eventually do something you want to do and make a living doing it and then just die doing it. That's the goal. Because if you're doing what you love and you find the right thing that earns you money, you just do that until the end. Because, I don't know, retirement has no interest to me. Like, I just, Mind I think. don't a hobby think... that pays well. What yeah, if I'm trying
1: that, to be a scratch golfer? What if that's the goal?
0: Okay. Are you golfing this weekend?
1: I'm not. It's my cousin's wedding this weekend, so. Uh...
0: Mm. Are they getting he married in Atlanta?
1: Box. Yes.
0: Nice place. Do you want to say where it is?
1: <laughs> I don't want to reveal any any details <laughs> beyond that. I am co best man though, so I'll reveal that. Oh shit!
0: Can you do that? I didn't know that was a possibility. What do you mean? How do you co best man? The whole the if you're the best man, that means you're number one. You can't have co best man.
1: I don't know. The groom can make up whatever rules he wants, right? Is that a the bride rule? Bride gets a
2: the bride gets two. They could. Do they? Yeah, the maid and the matron. It's the twenty
1: first century. You know, Wait, the maid and the matron of honor. Are those so two different things? So the maid of
2: honor is technically supposed to be someone who is single and not married. I need to be the writing this down. I'm getting married this fall. Mm-hmm. The matron is somebody who's married. So it's like I have. I've never uh, heard so that so, to be honest. You've never okay. heard that. I think it's southern. It's a very southern thing. I guess. That's, that's very
1: called. southern. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's like the matron is so, so it's technically like if you have like a married friend, like you have mm-hmm. two best friends and one's married and one's not, so you can they can both be one's a maid, one's a matron.
0: Did not know this was a thing. You
2: can Google it. Yeah, I'm sure you can ask the uh, the fiance. She probably.
0: She probably would know. Um, yeah. She could probably well, confirm that. I got to figure that out. Maybe I can just do like nine co best men, and that would solve a lot of my problems. Is uh, <laughs> being able to just everyone's in it because I'm not looking for
2: to
1: If you to have
0: you picking...
2: nine co best men, do you really have a best I was, man? I was going to make the same joke. If you have two co. Yeah. If you have
1: two co best men. You don't have one. Yeah, exactly. that's true.
0: And it leads us back to Heupel and uh, Shane Beamer, who had to share Co- newcomers of the year in the SEC, even though one of those coaches uh, absolutely lambasted the other on the field. Uh, people forget, but it I thought just you were going to
1: segue that. I thought you were going to segue that perfectly into the Falcons' quarterback room.
0: The Falcons' quarterback room is fine. Like Co-quarterbacks, G- Garrett's all in. Like Garrett is why I love that. Garrett's just a diehard. He's just thinking like I. I think Garrett, if we had to do the hierarchy of all Atlanta sports and like how much it occupies our mind, I think Garrett's number one between the three of us because yeah, Garrett's over here sending us texts of like just Kyle Pitts running a 15 yard route and Mariota just <laughs> finding just him a in surprise. a practice and being like, y'all, see that Mariota dime? I'm in. Beautiful.
2: Yeah. It was just like, no one's, there's no pass rush. Yeah. <laughs> just and he's like, dude, nothing. I think this is it. No Mariota. Pads. Count I mean, the they, rings. Yeah, like the only thing they had on were helmets, and I think yeah. I was like, ah, "It's fine. Yeah, this is great. Mariota's the future. It's great.
0: Yeah." It's You're just... like what the social media folks are like targeting is like the people who are <laughs> like, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna love this one. They're gonna be like Mariota. Look at that well, you Heisman, you know."
1: So mm-hmm. it's all well, there was that there. there was that one Calvin Ridley route last last uh, last spring. Mm-hmm. The, oh, that was a filter or not rock, spring though. in in training camp against the Dolphins. We needed to stop and go on. Uh, I forget which Dolphins Xavier, quarter. And it was a. Was it Xavier Zabian Howard. Xavier Howard hmm. is who it was. Yeah. yeah. And he just toasted him, and the entire like Falcons Twitter just like lost its mind. <laughs> like a one video from one practice. In, he did in cook Grand him, Camp. though. He did cook him. I know the video <laughs> you're did, talking about. And, he cooked him. And then he cooks awesome. up that parlay, and now here we are.
0: Yeah. Well. Yikes. Yikes. Anyway. um, The Falcons, though, speaking of the Falcons, <laughs> Dion Jones is out for the summer, so he's gone. And we were already wondering where his place would be in the linebacker room. Um, you got Troy Morgan, you've got Rashawn Evans, you've got uh, Mikael Walker. Now it's like, okay, we didn't already know if Deion Jones was going to be uh, one of the two starters in this linebacker uh, room going into next year. But now him missing all the summer, it can't be good because he was not a fit for Dean Pease. And Dean Pease like, is not looking for a Deion Jones type. And Evans obviously was a very strong uh Dean uh, Pease type going back to Tennessee when uh, Pease was in Tennessee like Evans from Alabama uh, extremely talented dude but he's just not been able to stay on the field that's been his biggest knock is that Evans you can't count on for 17 games so he was penciled in to be a starter with Jones now I'm curious because a lot of folks like Mikel Walker he's someone who has not been able to play a lot and then of course you invest in a third round pick in Morgan but Garrett, what do you what do you think of Deion Jones missing missing time?
2: I, I don't know who this Troy Morgan is. Troy that Anderson.
0: What is about. it? What am I doing?
1: You've said it. It's the same name two weeks it's in a, a, a row. S- <laughs> <laughs> it's the same name. There's something in your head. I, was I don't like know Morgan. who Troy Morgan, Morgan is. You've Morgan. It. What?
0: <laughs> do <laughs> I say? It? Dude, there is a is mental block. Not
2: you call him. You call Terry Fontenot. Terry Fontenot. Those are the Two <laughs> things. <laughs> we just let you go. <laughs>
0: Do you know how many things I cover on this podcast and in my life and how many names I'm memorizing? I I, bet. There are a a billion. And, folks, if you like, I've read this name (laughs) 75 times and it doesn't matter. I see him clear as day, but, like, I think the back of my mind has just decided he's Troy Morgan and I don't know why. I don't know why there's a middle block there, but uh, I kind of want to do this a bit and just even write about him in that way where it's Troy Morgan, man, uh, <laughs> just keep this bit going because I'm a little concerned this middle block's not going to get over. If I don't, if it happens next week on the pod, I'm just giving up and uh, y'all can talk about the Falcons going well, forward because
2: I have something very similar where it's like ever since I was a kid, also kudos, we're drinking mm. the exact same LaCroix. Oh, this
1: is the LaCroix way. family. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love
1: it. But Max, well, where's your
0: LaCroix? Can check.
1: I'm a still water guy. Oh. oh soft. Oh, no, soft. I, but, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I, I actually do. I've had the same thing happen. It's like I still say uh, – ever since I was a kid, I've always said full safety instead of yeah. free safety. Mm. So whenever I say – I say, I still say full safety for some reason. I've said it on the radio before, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, free safety. A free safety. Yeah. That's what I'm referring to. But mm. I've, I've said it ever since I was a kid, and I can't get it out of my head for some reason. But –
0: Maybe it's because I think of Dan Morgan when I think Troy Anderson. Like I, there's I don't a, know. I don't know what <laughs> it is. That's a great is. question.
1: I Googled Troy Troy Morgan, and mm-hmm. there's no, I mean, there's a nothing. professor of something <laughs> at, at <laughs> NYU. <laughs> let um, Troy Anderson could be a professor of kicking ass.
0: Here, Do you right? know what part of the Anderson thing yeah. is? I think of Morton Anderson, to bring it back to the Falcons a little bit. I always think Morton Anderson. Maybe it's a Morton Anderson. Mort Morgan. Maybe it's in that family. Um <laughs>
1: Do we want to talk about the Falcons' linebacker rumor? Right oh, <laughs> uh, it's my fault. No, I dude is a stud. No, I'm mm. actually
2: really. I thought he was. He's the guy who you pe- penciled in to like actually be the guy to take snaps. He's he's still pretty raw, mm. but he's gonna come in and he's actually gonna he's gonna be a stud. Um, <clears throat> or at least that's what they're hoping to do. But mm. really, that's what the Falcons have. Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith are really in are really starting to tailor this team to what they they what they envision for them. I mean, they just went out and cut uh Kaminsky and like look Mm -hmm. he had a sack and a half he just wasn't a very good player didn't end up being he didn't pan out um and Sheffield was cut earlier this offseason uh Deion Jones he seemed to be on his way out now it almost feels inevitable that he's going to be on his way out um assuming that they just cut bait on him because I don't Mm -hmm. think he's really has much trade value between now and the start of the season uh, because you would have to trade him like this week in mm-hmm. order to get to maximize that value so that's not happening so they either keep him or they release him uh, and just cut bait. but that sucks it really does suck that you' your two best players from going into last year or two of your three best players going into last year, you're gonna lose two of them for nothing, which mm-hmm. really sucks um, because you lost Calvin Ridley last, like, earlier this offseason. I mean it's, it's been brutal for the the guys turning over one crazy stat actually now that Kaminsky's gone mm-hmm. and Sheffield left early, or was cut earlier this off season there are a grand total of two players from that 2019 draft class that are still on this roster or that have not been cut from the roster. Quadri Allison technically is still on the roster but he's been cut so whatever kind of goes back and forth with the practice practice squad but mm-hmm. it's it's just the two offensive linemen, Kay, uh, McGarry and Lindstrom. Those are the only two guys left from that class, but what what you're basically seeing is the fact that they're tailoring this offense and defense to what they see for the, for what the what they could become. Troy Anderson could be that guy for this linebacker room to bring it back to that. Michael Walker is another talented player who's kind of a, a depth piece, but he said, he like, let's see what he can do. Um, I don't know. The, the, the Dion Jones is nothing more than a log jam at this point. So I don't, I don't expect him to be on this roster.
0: Do you not expect to be on this roster uh, going into the season or after the season?
2: Well, for sure. After the season. Yeah. But I, I, I would not be surprised if he's cut this week, it would hmm. not surprise me at all. Uh, just be, I mean, look, Get healthy and sign a contract with somebody else. I mean,
1: I mean what do you think, Max? Jeff, Jeff Schultz wrote before all this, like, wrote that story that was, like, pretty clearly, like, very well-sourced that, like, Deion Jones is probably gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people this week were talking about how this injury sort of, like, interferes with his trade value. Deion Jones has no trade value. He's, yeah. due, uh, he's due 20 million against the cap this year. He's an off-ball linebacker. He's do 18 million against the cap next year. Um, it, it, there's no one trading... Maybe, you know, maybe someone throws a seventh-round pick or something. I doubt it. Like, I, I don't think so. I think, regardless, he was going to be cut. Um, and I think the way the news came out this week was pretty weird. Um, mm. I, I, this this front office has been kind of uh, very coy about, like, guys like this, where, like, they didn't talk about Deion Jones all offseason. They didn't mention his name when talking about the linebackers at any point. It was, like, pretty clear if you read between the lines that, that he wasn't going to be on the team – but they had to make him sort of a post June June first cap uh, cut, I think. Um, so they kind of just ignored that he was there. It was a little bit like the Ridley thing, where they just like didn't talk about what was going on at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's gone. I don't think he'll play a snap in the Falcons this year. I, I I think I think Michael Walker might be more than a depth piece. Um, hmm. I think that's the kind of guy that that you might you know see being a being a starter, and you know not like a core core piece because. I don't know how how an off ball linebacker can really be a core piece in the modern NFL, um, but like I, I I think they really like him, and I think that's genuine. I will say, if they cut Deion Jones, I think I read that forty percent of their cap this year will be dead cap. Like that <sighs> has to be an NFL record. That that like, there's no <laughs> half your cap is almost half your cap is dead cap. Um, that's wild. Yet another sign that the Falcons will be miserable this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know. I kind of didn't think Deion Jones was going to be part of this team regardless. And then Jeff Schultz wrote that article, and I was like, all right, he's gone. And he wrote that sentence in there. I don't know if you guys read it, mm-hmm. that, like, if Deion Jones was a leader in the locker room, they would lend more credence to keeping him, but he's not. And he's like, or like, but he's been the opposite of that. And I was like, oh, like, Jeff Schultz doesn't write that if he doesn't know more than he's letting on. Um. So all that to say... Yeah, I think he's gone. I think um, they'll figure it out with who they've got. I'm excited to see Troy Anderson, Troy Morgan Anderson um, this year. And just to see, he's going to run around and probably make a lot of mistakes, and that'll be okay Uh, because his team's going to be, as we say every week, very bad.
0: And to be clear, Troy Anderson, folks. Troy Anderson, (laughs) not Troy Morgan. I just need to say Troy Anderson like 17 times, and then it will maybe stick. Garrett, um, who do you – so do you think Evans is someone who you can count – like, if you had to guess – we're taping this Friday, May 27th. If you had to guess who gets the most snaps at the two linebacker spots this year, who would you guess gets the most snaps?
2: Anderson. It's got to be. So Anderson, won. I mean, yeah, that's it. And then who, who else? I,
0: I, Walker or Evans?
2: Walker, probably. I mean, hmm. I
0: don't know. That's rough I'm not then. A rookie sold- and then a – a backup to this point that yeah, is a I mean, very Rashawn, different Rashawn linebacker room
2: Rashawn evans is more, just as likely to get hurt isn't he doesn't he have a yeah. serious injury history like mm-hmm. throughout the course of his career i, I could i mean he, he reminds me a little bit of marcus Mariota. like bring him in on a one-year prove-it deal and and hope he doesn't get hurt and see what you can get yeah um i, I don't see much out of him necessarily i, I didn't watch him all that much i know he's very talented very athletic mm-hmm. uh but i mean i year two year year two and dean P's for for michael walker i think is going to pay some dividends so i have a rem- troy anderson troy anderson is i'm all in on troy anderson here
1: it reminds me of what they did with the safety room last year where they mm. they brought in like a very cheap kind of retread veteran who's like competent um and can fill that role if they need but mm. in an ideal okay. world the rookie comes and takes that job now with the safety spot last year, the rookie didn't exactly come in and take that job, <laughs>
3: yeah. right?
1: Uh, but I think it's sort of like a patchwork year um, where they hope they see enough from Walker. They hope they see enough from Anderson that they feel confident next year turning things over to them. I think I think I'd be I would bet that Evans gets more snaps than Anderson if healthy. When both are mm. healthy, I I think I would bet that um, just because I don't know you know dean pease and arthur smith are not the type to just like throw a guy out there because he's a rookie and if he's not ready like they're not you know arthur smith's been very adamant about like we are not tanking we are not tanking,
3: Mm -hmm. and
1: i completely get that from a coach's perspective if he's not ready they're not going to play him um and so i I think there's a good chance based on sort of his track record and, and his background and his inexperience at this kind of level that he's not ready early um so i would bet walker evans anderson but i would love to be i would love if anderson wouldn't got that
0: interesting um i want to mention this so we were wondering about like uniforms because this is a big strong uniform group did y'all see the the possibility that uh that it was like this fantasy writer who tweeted that he talked to arthur blank at a diner or something this week and red helmets and red jerseys are coming back (laughs) and
1: did you see that no. We're, what we're just, diners just, is Arthur Blank <laughs> hanging out at? Tell me that.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, now I just, I have met Arthur Blank at an AMC theaters before. So have I, you? Was he? Yeah, but was Parker he there Boy, randomly? He was there with his kid. Interesting. Yeah, he was just there with his kid. Yeah, it was because uh, they went to Pace, and mm-hmm. they were maybe my little brother's age, or maybe a little younger than that. But hmm. I just know they got the day off school after the Super Bowl. The whole school did
0: interesting
1: um uh, yes this is the year to experiment with uniforms is my opinion why not? get people into their stands this is this is the, this is the the effort year this is like a do whatever you know screw it let's see. yeah re re-sign julio jones let's see
0: there you go um in terms if he go, of if he goes
2: to indianapolis by the way speaking of julio jones if he goes to indianapolis that would just be the funniest full circle event
0: that's what I'm hoping. Like that'd be awesome. Like I would I love think it'd be awesome. I'd I want to emotionally right. invest in the Colts this year. And you could put Julio and Matt Ryan in Indianapolis, like that four o'clock spot for the Colts. Yeah. There's my emotional investment for the season.
1: I'm in. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sunday ticket, that's what I'm gonna log into and, and that's gonna be my permanent game on the top and then every yeah. other game.
1: The there quotes you go. coming that's out of Colts the quotes coming out of Colts camp are awesome. It's like like oh we knew he was such a pro but i didn't realize like you know i didn't know this like i didn't know he was all this i didn't know he was this accurate i didn't you know he's commanding the room it's like yeah man like we we know like he he held this franchise together with scotch tape and glue for however many years um like I, i don't know i love seeing that where another franchise realizes oh like matt ryan is is awesome. Like, oh, this guy's pretty good at football. If he mm-hmm. still has anything left in the tank, he is just an awesome person to throw in your locker room. So yeah. I'm excited.
0: Uh, another person the Falcons threw in their locker room, Brian Edwards, though, who I don't know if folks remember. The the joke I remember on Twitter was just that like Raiders folks were comparing him. He's like got a little bit of Randy Moss in him. Uh, and Gruden Edwards said, said that. Huh? Gruden said that. That was who it was. It was Gruden, Gruden who said that. He coached
2: Randy Moss, didn't
0: he? Did Gruden coach Randy Moss? I don't think so. What, uh... They no, wouldn't have I thought he did. Past. No,
2: he, I thought he did when he was in. A... When or did he had he already gone to Tampa at that point? Uh,
0: he was already in Tampa because I think that was like one of the Randy Moss uh, Raiders years were. Um, it had to be Callahan or uh, the guy right after Callahan Was it Tom Cable? Maybe might have been Tom Cable um, at that point. But no, I'm pretty sure they never crossed paths He coached Keyshawn in Tampa, but I don't think he coached moss unless i am mistaken but i don't know suddenly like that's not where we were a month ago we were talking about this falcons receiver room we were like this is just like the worst monstrosity in football and suddenly london pitts um edwards and tate you're like look not great not elite but that's four competent nfl receivers that's something that will help Kyle Pitts in year two get more separation and have less eyes on him. Like I think by and large, if Ridley's on this roster, I mean I don't know if we still take London if Ridley's uh does not get suspended for a year. I don't know how they go and we'll we'll never know the answer to that. But I mean you have to feel a lot better about the receiver room for Ritter and Mariota going into this fall, right, Max?
1: Yeah, I think I think there's as you said, like it's probably not a good room but it's mm. pretty fun. Like, it's a fun room. And I think one of the things that's most exciting about it, and I think one, I, I, very, I think it's a very intentional choice by Arthur Smith, is the versatility in there. Um, I was reading about, or maybe heard about on a podcast, Kyle Pitts' splits last year, where mm. he had, like, 200 snaps in line, 200 snaps from the slot, 200 snaps out wide. Um, and obviously, you have Cordell Patterson, who can be put anywhere on the field at any given time. And that was one of Drake London's calling cards was that he played the slot his first two year, two years, three years at USC and was like a dominant slot receiver. And then they moved him outside and he was really good there. And so I think that's a very intentional choice by Arthur Smith to get a bunch of guys who can do a bunch of things from a bunch of different spots in the field. And obviously they have a type in receiver with big body, um, you know, guys who can go up and get the ball uh, and use their size. And, and I think, Taking a swing on a guy like Brian Edwards is the perfect move, uh, for this season with this team, right? Like super talented and there have been flashes of like, oh, this guy could be like legit. And, you know, I don't think there was anything super like malicious about his exit with the Raiders. I just think that, you know, they traded for Devonte Adams, that, that receiving core is full. Let's take a swing on this guy with a six round pick and just like, see, um, so I think that's cool, and Auden Tate is sort of the same way. Bengals is a logjam there, but he's got talent. Like, if you look up his highlights, you're like, "Damn, this dude! You know, he can he can play football." And so, you know, if like one of those guys pops, it's like a huge hit, um, and that's cool to see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see who pops. Edwards seems like he he he's pretty optimistic about his fit in this offense, and we're big. Like these are going to be big dudes all across the. Across the field for Mariota or ritter whoever gets the most naps at qb um avery williams moved from defensive back to running back so i guess this is a thing arthur smith's like i don't care what you are you're playing running back cordero avery doesn't matter like we might have deon jones fullback 2023 who says no uh garrett what do you think of avery williams moving does that move the needle at all does that surprise you
2: no not really i mean he's a he's a versatile playmaker with the ball in his hands that's more what i saw and hmm. i mean He flashed it at times in in games. He didn't really have much of an opportunity. I mean, like, he was was good. He was very good in college at Boise Mm -hmm. State. Um, He reminds me a little bit of, like, kind of like the Brandon Boykin from Mm. Georgia a couple years ago. You know, it's like whenever he gets the ball in his hands, the dude's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Boykin actually played one offensive snap, and he took it 75 yards for a touchdown. But, and then Mark Kirk never put him there again. Uh, But that's not the point. (laughs) The point is, uh, no, I think he's... he's going to be good with the ball in his hands. And if, if you have a guy that's that versatile with the ball, put him on offense. Why is he Mm -hmm. playing cornerback where he's not very good? Um, because he went in and, I mean, he took some limited snaps, like in the slot, just based off of necessity. And it was, it was bad. Not, not good. He's just not big enough. Um, Mm -hmm. so put him on offense. I don't know if he's really going to get that many snaps necessarily, but at least get his, get him reps, get him some practice. Maybe you can see what he can do. Um, I mean this, this, but this all of a sudden, like this, this running back room. Last weekend, I was talking to one of my hosts about how, like, there are like what four running backs on the roster, and now all of a sudden it's like a log jam
3: mm.
2: at, at, at the the
0: position. But
2: do I think he gets carries? No, not really. But stick him in the slot, see what you can do with him. Maybe we can see something.
0: Yeah, you can never have too He's many fun. backs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can never have too many backs going into next year. And Pease also said that this year. Um, They can use 100% of his defense, and last year he only did 60%. uh, So that was from Kelly Price. Uh, who talked to him this week? That's pretty interesting. So we'll see. Maybe the defense has a big jump this year because it's fully Dean a scheme and what he wants to do. So I don't know. Uh, I am more optimistic about this Falcons team on May 27th than I was on April 27th, but we shall see. Um, on the Atlanta Hawks front, uh, there was a big Bleacher Report article about uh, the Hawks and what they might be thinking going into this summer and it being a pivotal summer for Travis Schlink, the general manager. What uh, what do you make of that P. Garrett, and where is your head at uh, with the Hawks in the moment?
2: Um, excuse me, I just took a sip of water. Um, no, I mean, the Hawks. I mean, we know where they are. That this is a team that needs another star. This this is a team that that just needs some help. Um, mm. they need somebody who can facilitate, and whoever that ends up being, I mean, DeAndre Eaton, one of those guys. Like, uh, he's a dynamic big man. Uh, and if he's available, go get him um but really it's it's the evolution of the the, the the evolution of the situation in Chicago with Zach Levine has been very interesting uh because all of a sudden everyone thought that it was I, me included I thought he was just a shoe-in to go right back to Chicago but not that's not the case apparently and so I, that doesn't really make any sense to me for whatever reason because of the way he's developed and the 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 type of player he became and look, the dude is capable of dropping 30 points, 40 points in a game. You know, like, the dude's a stud. Uh, And pairing that with Trey Young would be pretty exciting. But all of a sudden, that kind of, like, lineup where you can go get, like, a a Rudy Gobert or something or a DeAndre Eaton, go get one of those guys, and then just go out of pocket and sign a guy, that go dump, like, the, the, the salary of John Collins or somebody else just to free up some cap space. Then you can go sign a Zach Levine because he's just on the open market. So that, that, that just became kind of interesting. But, I mean, we know where the Hawks are. Uh, they're a team that needs help. And I think that they're going to go get it, and they're going to be aggressive. And that's really all that matters.
0: Max, what do you think?
1: I think my read on it is that they're a team that needs help but doesn't exactly know where. Like, they just really want to do something. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not positive that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, just they have to shake things up. And they, they're limited by like, this is Atlanta and like, we can sort of only do they're limited a, by their, by their assets. And they're mm. also limited by it's not exactly a major free agent destination. The Levine thing sets off a few red flags to me. Um, mm. like he, he's saying, or through his people is saying that like, he wants, he might he's open to leaving Chicago because DeRozan is kind of the ball dominant guy. Um, well, coming to Atlanta, uh, you, like <laughs> Trey Young is going to be the ball dominant guy. Like, would yeah. that work? And then defensively, would that work? I don't know. Like, you know, maybe. I'm in on the Aiden thing for a couple of reasons. I'm in on the Aiden thing because I can see why both teams would do that. Like, I can see why Phoenix would prefer to have Capella on an 18 million dollar expiring rather than pay Aiden 100 and whatever million over five years. Um, and I can see why that would benefit them. In addition to you know, the Hawks throwing assets with that, probably a first and then maybe another role guy. Um, I can see why it makes sense for the Hawks because I think Aiden's... I, I, I'm in on Aiden. I think the Aiden uh, overreaction's been a little too far. Um, I think he's got really good touch and would be a significant upgrade at center. The other thing you can do with that is, as much as I'm not exactly in favor of this, is turn around and, and trade a Kong Wu too. And he would become instantly like a really intriguing asset. And if you did that, you could trade... You could pair Trey with Aiden move a Kongwu for ideally like a wing type or a secondary creator, and then you're working with something real. Um, I'm, a, you know, a Kongwu believer, so it's not exactly like a slam dunk move to me, but I could see why they would. I could see why that would work uh, for the Hawks. My whole read on the Hawks is like whoever's out there, they're gonna throw their their, you know, fishing line in the water and, and see what what hits. Is that the, you know, is that the most fundamentally sound way to build a team? Probably not. Is that the position the Hawks are in? It, it does appear to be. I just,
0: one of the things that we've learned through this uh, conference finals and just the NBA playoffs as a whole is, I think a lot of fans have to get used to injuries defining every postseason, and that's just where we're at. If we're going to play 82 games and we're going to play basketball the way that we're playing basketball, that injuries are just going to define every single series and the way to get around that is developing your your backups developing guy eight nine ten in your roster so that when you have to turn to them they're ready to go and using your young guys more to get them acclimated so that's something that i want nate to do is like you have to have jalen johnson get a bunch of regular season minutes so that he's ready if you have injuries uh come next year it's like if we have another first round pick what's the point if you're not going to use him sharif cooper whoever it is you have to start developing this team a little bit more because we had a lot of guys, but it just, there was a fall off that you couldn't turn to anybody else. And Nate uh, didn't really have, there wasn't another guy he could turn to, to mix things up in the heat series and just kind of that Grant Williams game and where Grant just has nine threes and just loses it. And just, he, he was working in the system for years and then he got his opportunity. But I think you kind of have to have that where you're developing, you had the stars and you have Trey here But the depth, like you have names, but the depth was not there this year. They did not have the guys who you could turn to when Trey was shut down. And I worry if you make a big deal this summer that you sacrifice a lot of depth. And then we're at a point where it's like, okay, if we're healthy, great. We're probably a better team and we have a higher ceiling. But I think in today's NBA, you can't look like, If we're healthy, because the possibility of those guys all staying healthy throughout the run is unlikely. And the Lakers just found this out the hard way where it's like, oh, we'll play 40 minutes with AD, LeBron and Westbrook and we'll be fine. Like, that's enough. We can have Taylor Horton Tucker and and the rest of the roster be minimum guys and be fine. That's not how you can build and uh, build a sustainable winner in today's NBA. You have to have a bunch of dudes like you have to be in a position where Duncan Robinson can just miss an entire series uh, and get DMPCEs and then go right back into the series and be ready to go. Um, and he's been given like plus three uh, in his minus since returning in that Celtic series. So he was ready to go like he stayed ready. And if we move a lot of our young pieces or just the pieces in general, like a three for one swap, I'm kind of nervous about sacrificing some depth in hopes of chasing somebody like a Levine or whoever because I don't know I think you can look you cannot have too many guys we need nine or ten guys on this roster that Nate can trust um come playoff time but I don't know I think it's going to be interesting like Garrett who do you think is more likely do you think it's Levine do you think it's Aiton do you think that they really will take a big swing and really shake this thing up or do you think it's all talk this summer it
2: can't be all talk because if you if you scare if you don't do if you don't swing big, you're gonna push Trey Young away. And we've learned now. I mean, Max has been talking about this a good bit. It's like in this day and age, it's a, the contract doesn't mean as much, like not nearly what it used to. He can push his way out if he really mm. wants to. Um, and look, I mean, to your point, scared money don't make money. Like if you don't swing for the fence, you're not gonna win a title. Like that's just all there is to it. You have to swing big and you have to hit. If you swing big and miss, at least you swung, you know? I mean, this is not a this is not a team that's like you can just sit back and just lure in a free agent and then just add that piece and then there you are. That's the difference between this team this Hawks team and maybe like say Hawks in twenty twelve, like when they had uh, I mean just like the, the 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 basically the same situation except without the Trey Young. Uh, but the role players were better. It was a team of role players that were elite role players and they all knew that they had a, a, a job to do in the in the team. This year you have like a lot of young, pretty good role players, but you just need that second guy. So you got to go get that dude, and yeah, you're gonna have to take a risk. Like at this point, like you have to get, you have to be willing to part with Inyeke In- 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 Okongwu, DeAndre Hunter, one of these guys, or you're gonna have to pay DeAndre Hunter if that's where you're at. You know, so, so they have to do something. They have to do something, and they have to do the right thing <laughs> if they want to keep this team winning at a high level, or get this team rather to win- to winning at a high level. Because the
1: problem, yeah, the problem, yeah, the problem be- is this team this year wasn't very good, right? And mm, so yeah. you're not sacrificing your and the other problem is this team wasn't very good and is about to get very expensive if you just kept it together, right? Mm. So if you have a very expensive eight seed. Like, what are you what are you doing? You know, like that and, and the assets depreciate as they get more expensive, obviously. So you got to push your chips in and, and I get the depth thing. But depth in the NBA is also not something you sustain, right? Because if your depth is good, it gets expensive and you can't pay for everything. So depth is something you constantly have to be developing. And Miami is the best example because they just pull guys out of nowhere. Uh, They turn them into, like, really, really good role players. Half their team is really, really good role players. But there's no other team that's Miami, really. I mean, Toronto is sort of like this. Um, But depth is not something you can say – to me, it's not a choice because – if you maintain the depth here, the roster gets too expensive, and you're going to lose the depth anyway because you can't re everybody. Um, and so, you have to do something. You have to do something, and you have to do something big. What you talked about,
2: Toronto, perfect example, actually, about pushing your chips into the middle of the table. They they dumped their probably their best player on their team, or at least the most important player on their team, in Demar Derozan to go get. Um, uh, oh God, the Claw. What's Kawhi. freaking? Yeah, quiet. Mm-hmm to go get Kawhi Leonard and inevitably get their championship. That was what they had to do, and you have to push your chips in. And yeah, it was only for one year, it was a rental, Um, but they won a championship. And I don't think there's a single person in the city of Toronto, no fan of the Toronto Raptors, that will say that was a bad trade because they got their championship and it worked. There are many, 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 many more uh, more examples of teams where it didn't work. But the thing is, you're not going to keep all these guys anyway. Like Max, like you said, like most of these guys are going to be gone sooner rather than later. Might as well go get something for them, and if it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, well, that's the nature of the game.
0: It's interesting in Jake Fisher's piece and Bleacher Report. He said that everybody but Trey Young is expected to be available, which is pretty wild. Like everybody but Trey Young is expected to be available, but it's also like he mentions that Beal and Mitchell are going to be committed. It looks like for at least another year. In Utah and D.C. respectively. And that Atlanta's prioritizing wing depth or adding another wing talent. And that tells me everything you need to know about how they see DeAndre Hunter and the development there. Um, it's also why developing guys is hard. And they took a big swing on Cam and DeAndre. And people were like, oh, we've got our wings of the future. Herder, like, we're good. We have Herder, Reddish, and DeAndre. We invested. We're good. Let's move to the next thing. And it's like, it's just not how development works. Progress is not linear and you can draft a lot of guys high in the lottery, but it just, you never, you never know. And that's a, that's a huge area of concern. And I'm just, I cannot move away. And now that the Warriors are in the conference finals or in the NBA finals. Now, this is just the, (laughs) the, the last dance for them kind of in a lot of ways for this core. I really I really think it's Wiggins is who they end up with. I don't think Levine ends up in this uh, situation, and I also don't think Nate wants a defensive backcourt of Zach Levine and Trey Young. Like that is that is tough. If that's going to be your backcourt of the future, like the remainder of Trey Young's prime in Atlanta, is if you pair him with somebody like Zach Levine, who's a really good player. Like I like Zach Levine a lot. Uh, but I don't think he's a great fit. Like, there's a reason he was paired with Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. And, they like, the Bulls saw how they – and A.O. Duntamu from Illinois. Like, he was playing with defensive-minded guys next to him, and he needs that, and he's not going to get that. And if you're playing 36 minutes plus of Levine and Trey on the floor together, yeah, the offensive numbers per hundred possessions will be great, but I don't, I don't think that's conducive to winning in the playoffs where everybody's switching all the time and everybody, if you want to advance, like – the two teams left in the Eastern Conference are two teams that defend the hell out of you. And I just, I don't know if that makes the most sense. And I know Max loves it, but I'm still sticking to my guns that the, the big deal that the Hawks do this summer is Pool and Wiggins for whatever the Warriors want outside of Trey Young. I really think that's how this ends up.
1: I don't know how you're watching the Warriors now and think like, the, like they might they, they're the favorite to win the NBA title. And you think mm-hmm. they're just going to trade Poole and Wiggins? Like, they're not yeah. going to. They're not going to. It's, we'll see. it's not happening.
0: We'll see. And also, like, a lot of pay.
1: Does, I love Jordan Poole. I love Jordan Poole, obviously. How does he make any sense with Trey Young? That would be the worst defensive backcourt in the history of the NBA. <laughs> I love Jordan Poole. He cannot, he couldn't guard me. Like, oh, right. he oh. could guard me. He could guard me. He could lock me up. Um, Nothing, nothing against. We'll him. throw
0: Gary Payton the second in here, too. He can start for Poole.
1: I would love Gary Payton the second. Jordan Poole and Trey Young would be an abject disaster. There would not be a Garden NBA that couldn't get 20 a game against those two.
0: <laughs> but how's that any different than Levine?
1: Jordan Poole is a worse defender than Zach Levine at this point. And mm-hmm. it's not even all that close. But I think it's kind of like, I don't think it's not happening. Like, the Warriors are going to win the title and they're not going to trade Wiggins and Poole. It's not happening. And I, you know, a Wiggins type is great, but like also, we've been talking about secondary creators in in the wake of this playoff loss. Andrew Wiggins is not a secondary creator. Like he thrives in that system because he doesn't need to create anything. Mm. Um, and he tried to be a creator in Minnesota, and it was ugly. Um, he got his he got his buckets, but like it was ugly. And I I don't think there's a perfect answer here on this market, and that's what's kind of frustrating. Is like, yeah, it's a creative three and D, but also can like, you know, win an ISO wing is the best person to put next to Trey. Huh. Who is that guy on the open market right now? Let's just go There's get no Kevin one. Durant. Oh, yeah. Let's just do
0: that.
2: I mean can you imagine so, if KD so Moses, was like, no, I, I, I want to go from, to Atlanta. I don't think he, I don't know if he'd ever want to come to Atlanta necessarily. <laughs> Zero <but>. chance.
0: <laughs> Atlanta's not getting a big free agent. Like that's not a thing. We're not getting a big name like that. I just until it happens I like <laughs> I it look, just, it's it's mean, never look, happened.
2: Trade I mean you have three first round picks in the next 2 years and you send that and some other talent and maybe you just acquire somebody. I mean like that's just even if it's if it's somebody on, a, on an expiring deal, I, there is no perfect situation. I think we talked about this last week or 2 weeks ago where look, at this stage everybody that anybody and everybody you're going to be getting to come to Atlanta is going to have awards. Like they're going to yeah. be they can't shoot can't give me the dark horse. They still? can't play, or they can't play defense, or yeah. they're not the best distributor, or maybe they they can't. I, I don't, every single person is going to have some sort of work because look, I, I joke about bringing Kevin Durant here. He's not coming to Atlanta. There's no chance. Like the, what it would cause for. He's just like on a one year deal. as he doing? He's not leaving Brooklyn.
0: That? He. That's not yeah, happening. Kevin Durant's Brooklyn? not leaving Brooklyn.
2: Why would he leave Brooklyn? Yeah. Um. Well, actually, I mean, it would make sense. Apparently, he's disgruntled there. So he might
0: leave Brooklyn. Say? Would you stay in, in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, I think he's staying okay. for at ben least ben another year. Yes, I he's don't not know. leaving yet.
2: Actually, I mean, yeah. if I'm if I'm Kevin Durant, I'd I'd want to come to Atlanta.
0: I mean, I'm moving <laughs> back to Atlanta if Kevin Durant's in Atlanta Hawk next year. Dude, if Kevin like,
2: Durant is, a, is an Atlanta Hawk next year, I, I will I will be in line to buy his jersey. I will go to State Farm Arena and buy it from the from the arena the day
1: it's announced. Yeah. I, I can't believe we just wasted 10 seconds saying that. I know.
0: it's it, Let me dream. Let us let, We can all dream. Can I say the dark horse, though, who I think yeah, is? Yeah. Here's Simmons. the dark horse. And I said it a few months right. back, but I still think if it's not Wiggins and Poole, it's much to the chagrin of Max, I still think it's Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter Jr. has a connection with Trey. I think Trey would sign off on it. He's a buy-low guy. He missed a lot of time this past year with his back issues. And like Garrett said, we're not going to get somebody with, like, there's going to be some warts. There's going to be some big swing, like big upside, big risk. But Porter, I think, because what we just saw with Denver, so Supermax for Nikola Jokic, that's now uh, happening in Denver. Connolly leaves Denver for Minnesota because they doubled his salary and Minnesota and Denver was not going to pay what Connolly wanted. So they lose him. They lose Arturis to Chicago last offseason. So now it's Calvin Booth's show. This doesn't seem like a team committed to living in the luxury tax and paying exuberant salaries year over year, even with their window being right now. And if they have an opportunity to kind of get off the Michael Porter Jr. contract that they've already agreed to, that that extension's already locked in, Because they already have Gordon locked in. They have a Supermax for Jokic. Murray's already locked in. That they're like, we might need to get off one of these guys. And I think Porter's the most likely of that four. Then you do, you're like, oh, Hunter's not making that much. Kevin Herter, we can get, and those guys will play. At least Herter will give us minutes and we can count on Kevin Herter um, to stay healthy and play for this group. I think Denver would be interested in the picks and the wings that we have to kind of get a cheaper option than Michael Porter Jr. and a realistic option that Jokic will have bodies come playoff time. I would not be surprised if it's Michael Porter Jr. out of nowhere this summer. That's my dark but, horse.
1: That's like really a, like a decent dark horse. Um, I would hate it. Like I think <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. might be the worst contract in the NBA. Um, and I think like that would terrify me. Like. you make that trade and you get michael ford jr and it's like oh sorry uh he can't play basketball Mm. uh that is a catastrophic franchise move that probably ends up costing you Trey young Mm. and it's a it's, it's not a bad like connecting the dots though of like what might actually happen um but god that would terrify me that would be terrifying
0: we'll see we'll see what happens um quickly on the baseball front the braves uh Still not figuring it out. The Phillies win last night. Uh, this series has not gone great. Uh, Garrett, you love the Dansby watch. Can you give us an update on Dansby Swanson after the first fourteen games of the season?
2: Yeah, Dansby. I think I mentioned something about this mm-hmm. from last night. Yeah. Um, through his first fourteen games, he was hitting. He hit four forty nine, which is a .081 mm-hmm. batting average. He is now hitting. So in the last like thirty-one games, I think it's thirty-one games, he's hit three twenty seven. So he he has had six home runs, four RBI, or no four four doubles. I think twenty one RBI. Uh, still has thirty six strikeouts, so he's still striking out at a high clip. It's Dansby. It's what you'd expect, mm-hmm. but he's also delivering Gold Glove defense. I think, and I think I I've, I've fallen victim to this too. Like even as much as a couple weeks ago, like dude was raking, and mm-hmm. we have this con- misconception in our head of like how bad this t- season has been for Dansby Swanson because of how he started, and. I think it sort of got overshadowed because he has been lights out. Like the dude has been fantastic on defense. He's been probably one of the best defensive shortstops in, in the game for the last well just all year. Um and then now all of a sudden he's hitting two eighty or something on the on the season. Dude's a stud. I mean he always was a stud. He's finally having a, he's delivering on that potential, assuming that he doesn't fall off a planet. He's uh,
0: batting leadoff tonight.
2: He bats second yesterday and he has a nine game hitting streak. Mm-hmm. Ride the wave, man. Just ride the wave. Because when he crashes, it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up in a mighty fashion. And he's going to go Travis Demerit style and just fall off the fall fall off, fall off the cliff. And it, just ride him while he's hot. You know, like, get, let, let everyone else get hot. Marcelo Zuna's coming back tonight. He was a late scratch at yesterday. Uh yesterday. Ronald Acuna, like, look, we, we need some help at the top of the lineup. Ozzy's been terrible. Like, there's no... He nice hit last night, though. That. He seems
0: like he's heating up a little bit. He's heating Ooh. up a little bit albies yeah what is I mean, albies in his last 14 games he might be up because he was down to 230 and he's up to like 250 now unless i'm misremembering I mean, maybe
2: he's he's he, i mean
0: he's been a lot better than what he was to start off the he, first month well
2: that's also i mean the bar is quite literally a floor for him <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> based off of how he's played earlier in the season but i mean look the, the other big thing that i'm looking at is kyle wright um mm. kyle wright's been spectacular i mean he has the second highest win, like his second highest in, the, in Major League Baseball and wins above replacement for pitchers. He's a 1.9. Uh, the dude is a 2.6 ERA. He, he leads the team in strikeouts. Um, but the craziest stat that I came across today uh, so I got the Braves notes from, from last night's game. Guess how many times he has had the Braves, like the Braves lineup has supplied him three or more runs at any point this season? Just zero? Zero. Yeah. Never, not one time. On average, on average, the Braves are producing 1.8 runs per game when Kyle Wright is pitching. He has a 2.6 ERA. You can
0: the, tell me the, that's what they're doing in general.
2: Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, he's allowed 18, 18 earned runs on the entire season.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And all of a sudden, it's like you look at it like, dude, just get him something. Give him something. And like, he's getting Jacob DeGrommed. He's no, he's getting Felix Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't add Kyle Wright to the, long, the, the list of people who's an elite pitcher who's like performing at a Cy Young level, which he is. To this point in the season, he is performing at a d- damn near Cy Young level. I
0: mean, you like, know what it win, is? But he need, you win, know what he could use? But... Just a couple games in, with this Tennessee offense. Um, <laughs> that's like what every pitcher wants is they're watching Tennessee hit dinger after dinger and maul the Vanderbilt Commodores last night. Another 10-spot. Uh, as we head into LSU and march on as Tennessee just berates everybody as uh, the villains of college baseball, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought this was interesting from front of the pod Corey McCartney, Battery Power, and 99 in the game. Um, he tweeted just a second ago, "Quote: Braves haven't gone this deep into a season looking for a three-game win streak since 2001." But what's interesting about 2001 is that year, it took them until June 7th on route to winning the NL East. They also
2: won like 100 plus games that year.
0: Yeah. I, think but I don't think like they were under 500 at this point that year. Yeah. I would be surprised if that was the case. But this is a thing. Like when you're under 500 past Memorial Day, it's not a lot. of. It's not a great track record by and large for teams winning the division at the very least.
2: Well, there are three teams that haven't had a three game winning streak
0: who are the uh reds
2: take it no reds have had a, a three game winning have streak. they really yeah, they
0: wow
1: have. do you know
2: who the other um, two are
0: um the mariners no
2: what the nationals and the pirates oh mm, their yeah. steam company there but we're also the only team well i think we're one of two three teams that haven't lost lost three in a row so hmm. we might have lost damn near every series i think we're three five in four or something in mm-hmm. terms of um, our record in, in uh, series, but we've never been swept. Yeah. So, I'll take that. Baseball, sort of. baseball
1: reference has the Braves at 59.2% to make the postseason. Mm. Too high too low? too low? Too low. I would say still it's too to low. this point. They'll, 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 they'll,
0: because of the expanded I postseason, I around. think um, the odds are still good. Now, if it was back to last year's uh, old model, I would probably put that 59, maybe a little bit less. But I think... It's still just a lot of room to get one of those wild card spots. There's what about still, three, I mean, we're about three point one
1: to win the World Series. Three point one percent.
0: No, I, I think that's that's about right. I don't think this is a. I think. I mean, it's already hard we'll enough to get back.
2: Like we'll I see. I mean, you saw what happened last year when this team got hot all at the same time. I don't expect that to happen again this year. don't tell Georgia
0: fans about this though like this is something that's like oh Stetson Bennett I saw a tweet today of like nobody uh, everyone the Stetson Bennett haters are just mad that he's just he beats your team blah 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 and I'm like it ends with a loss right like do Georgia fans not know that Stetson Bennett's last snap for a as a Georgia Bulldog ends with an L like he's not winning back-to-back national titles Saban's only done it once there's only
2: one team in this in this chat right now that would 2-0 against the other team so I don't know man (sighs) They're throwing a lot of rocks.
1: <laughs> but there's, only, there's also only one team in this chat who did not make the college football playoff. That's
2: true. That's true.
0: Oh, uh, well, it's coming. When you're in everything school, or, you... Wh- hold on. There's when one, you're in everything school... One, school no, no, in this chat. Wait for it. Wait for it. Gotta get it in. There's one hold team
1: on. in this chat that that won its conference. How about that? That is true. Yeah. Yeah. How and about
2: that? Just like hold Tennessee. on. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Hold on, <laughs> on.
0: But as a whole, including all the sports, who's won Michigan the most conference Michigan. titles this year? It's Tennessee.
2: Yeah, the, high, the best winning percentage all across all sports yes. in the SEC.
0: It's in everything school. People forget that.
2: It's just not football.
0: Well, not football's coming. I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but Nico is on campus this weekend. Um, <laughs> very excited no for it. We have the Memorial Day Palooza is hitting Rocky Top this weekend. Just uh, five-star galore. It's just everything. It's where you want to be. Rocky Top's where you want to be right now. Um. Max, they do hand out you like think...
1: million dollar gift bags there. Okay, like, that's enough.
0: Like... Um, we've moved past that, uh, <laughs> and that's offensive.
2: No, Chase is just going. He's just stopping by McDonald's here later. That's what he's. He, he had it for lunch. Thank you very much. He already passed mm. it out.
0: God, can you imagine McDonald's for lunch in your thirties? That would ruin the rest of my day. I can't do that. I'm that getting is... to
2: the stage now where it's like I have McDonald's and it ruins my day.
0: Yeah, you can't do it. Like there's a point of no return where it's All like right. unless you've had a night out and you have it at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, that kind of stuff will ruin your day. You can't yeah. handle it.
2: I gotta be sitting on the couch for like the rest of the day not doing
0: anything. Can you imagine? There was someone I used to work with who had um, every single day, Monday through Friday, he would go to, uh, not Hardee's, uh, Burger King for lunch every day and would come back and just do work the rest of the day. And I was like, how is that even, how are you eating Burger King for lunch every day? And then you're like, all right, five more hours of work that I can just go work. He hates him though. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Uh, We'll end on this. Max, William Contreras, it seems like. What if that's the answer at DH going forward? What if it's like we don't ever, we're never sure if he's going to be a consistent defensive guy, calling, uh, calling games, and you have Travis Arnaud in for the foreseeable future? Like maybe that's the answer is uh, Contreras for the time being um, is the DH because I mean he's hitting right now, and I we were wondering how you would fit him in, and Shea being traded in the Christian Pache trade, it was like okay, it's now Contreras's job to lose. I don't know, maybe that's the answer is uh, to help this offense too with where we're at in the offense, because Darno has just been, he's fallen off a little bit from his hot start, but he's still one of our most consistent hitters, and I still would bet on him to be one of our most consistent hitters throughout the year. Do you think that's the best spot for him the rest of the way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in the short term, you sort of just ride what works, right? I mean, this team's so desperate for offense that, like, wherever you can find it, uh, you're just going to keep going. And I think what we learned from the last couple years is, like, we can talk about log jams, especially in baseball, we can talk about log jams and how is this guy going to fit? How's that guy going to fit? But everything sort of seems to work itself out. Um, Mm. And if a guy is finding his groove, you're going to find a way to get him in the lineup and the DH enables that. Right. And I think like long, I I think days of like long-term DH solutions are probably done Mm. um, in general. And, And I think that's like probably the right way to go. So I'm not like, you know, screw defense, right? Like it doesn't need to learn how to play defense. Um, but I think in the short term, yeah, you, you ride with what works. And right now that's one of the things that's working. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that that is sort of the short-term answer. Um, long-term, you know, we'll see.
2: Well, I, I don't even think he's going to DH through the entire weekend. I mean, just because, I mean, Marcelo Zuna can't be your everyday left fielder. Um, but we got to find a way plays, to get him.
0: I don't know. I want him in well, the outfield Ronald at
2: plays, point. Ronald Acuna plays, Ronald not going to be in the outfield every game. And I, Ronald Acuna is well, far more important.
0: What about Duvall the Duvall spot
2: what about Duvall Duval, we well Duvall's gonna no no Duvall's here there's it, it, if there was a replacement for Duvall he would be gone yeah he's still here and so that I mean Travis Demerit's starting today
0: yeah. that's
2: how bad we are in the outfield uh I mean William Contreras played Contreras played left field the other day he had yeah. never he's never played outfield in his entire life and Maybe just, that's the like, spot yeah, for just, him. You're on left field. There you go. <laughs> what if let's that's just the spot? Pray though? to God, no ball goes out there. And <laughs> like because that's where we are in the outfield. Designated hitter for us. I mean, it, it's a it's a miracle that we had it this year. And Ronald Acuna can come in and be that, or, or Contreras can come in and be that, or or Marcelo Zuna can be, come out there and do that. Because we have so many guys who we need to stick in that DH spot, but we have too many spots in the outfield that are vacant, and somebody's got to be in left field. We can't just. I mean, if we could stick nobody out there, we would. I mean, because that's where we are, and I mean, it's, I mean, just as long as Contreras is hitting, he needs to be in the lineup. I mm-hmm. mean, he's had what? Uh, I don't even know how many at bats. He's averaging like a home run every like three at bats. It seems like so. I mean, the guy's got to be hitting, and because he's absolutely raking the baseball, um, he's exceeding your expectations. He's not there yet as a full time catcher, Tra- mm-hmm. but Travis Darno is there, like you said. And Darno is not a guy who can be an everyday catcher anymore. He won't be, so he's going to need a day off every four days, so there's Contreras. So Contreras just never leaves the lineup. That's fine. I'm fine with that, uh, but the DH is just a miracle that we have it this year because if we didn't have the DH, <laughs> then you thought the lineup was bad before. Oh, God.
0: I don't disagree.
2: Uh, What's-his-name that I've already forgotten his name? What's-his-name? Who? Dude was the, he had a wrist tattoo.
1: What's-his-name who I've already forgotten his name? Yeah, what's dude, his name? Troy Morgan?
0: what Troy Morgan
2: <laughs> Troy Morgan yeah might as well be Troy Morgan I don't even know Alex Dickerson that's his oh name. yeah I forgot I about, him. about him he came in to be the designated hitter
0: that did not last long no no that did not last it. long uh Max Markovich Garrett Chapman uh anything y'all want to plug as we wrap up here on a Friday afternoon
2: happy Memorial Day it's mm-hmm. a good big weekend I'm in studio all weekend so that will be fun
0: there you go. Uh, inside, just as uh, the good Lord intended it over the holiday weekend. You see this? I have. Uh, to yeah. I, no, you don't have to tell me. We we know about the redhead situation. Uh, Max, what about you? Any big? Are you golfing at all this weekend?
1: No. Crash my cousin's wedding. Come through. I'm not going to tell anyone where. But if you want to yeah. come through, let me know.
0: How does that work? All right. Cool. An open bar. You can't.
1: You can't come. Is the answer. Yeah. It's an open bar. Oh. Oh. Cool. Now, what do you mean? Who has a wedding in not ooh. an open bar these days? My cousin
0: had an, uh, I, I had a cousin. Dude, had I. Non
2: open bar. I guess it was we, a dry ooh. wedding, actually. It was, that's brutal. It was like a 20. Dry weddings affair. are a lot
0: cheaper, though, man. Dry weddings oh, yeah. are a lot no, cheaper. The, i a lot cheaper, yeah. It
2: was, the, it was at the church gymnasium right next door. And uh, the I way to the do it is BYOB. It was for 20 minutes, and then everybody left. BYOB way, wedding? Are you kidding? Yes.
0: I, that's no. what I'm pushing for, is I'm pushing no. for BYOB.
1: No, we're yes. for the open bar. <laughs> everyone, everyone, just everyone, bring their own, bring everyone your own literally everyone up. will mm-hmm. have a better time.
0: I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, still to be decided. Uh, Max Margovich, Garrett Chapman, always a pleasure. I will talk to y'all next week. All right, that'll do it for part two here on the Chase Ones Podcast, the Saturday, May 28th. 2022 edition with the Atlanta Sports Guys Garrett Chapman and Max Markovich. Thank you again to both guys for coming on today's edition of the podcast. Give them a follow. Make sure you keep up with their work on Twitter and everywhere else. Uh, if you like today's episode, make sure that you leave us a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If that is how you are listening to today's podcast, check us out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. YouTube.com type in the Chase Ones Podcast. That easy. That simple. Sports Renaissance Man. That's me. Sports Renaissance Man. Com, type an your email. Make sure that you're subscribed to you get all of my written content. Tweet at me at Chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. And then, of course, email this very program at Chase Thomas Podcast. Part three coming up in just one second. Um, okay. do?
3: Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.